Thessalonians. Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ our King. We are so excited for this opportunity to share the Word of God with you through your favorite program, The Moment of Truth. We are at a critical moment in God's plan for humanity, and God is said to do awesome things in and through individuals, families, communities, organizations, nations, continents, and across generations. As we proclaim the Word of God in the following series, you are going to receive illumination and direction, especially those in the Valley of Decision, and hopefully you'll be accurately positioned for the current move of God. So, sit back and relax. Go ahead, call your family and friends, and get ready for a life-changing encounter with the Word of God. As you do, your life will never be the same again. Before the mountains were brought forth, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And we know that every God that has not created the heavens and the earth shall perish from under this heaven. Tonight, all over Nigeria, show forth your power. Everywhere an imposter is pretending to be a god, like Simon the Sorcerer in Samaria, like Bar Jesus, every one of them, Father, shut them down. Release the people they have bewitched. And let the eunuchs throw Jezebel down. Amen. Demonstrate your power. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name, and the people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Good evening. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Say to your neighbor, peace to you. Peace to, you. Peace to your house. And peace to all that you have. In the mighty name of Jesus. I came down from my bedroom at about 2, 3 o'clock this afternoon. And I saw my wife and two sons in the living room. I greeted them and they told me things are not going well in Lagos. I said, what is it about? Oh, they said all the reports coming in. Amber is calling zero in some places. It's calling 10 in other places. It didn't get any score in Alausa at all. And his deputy governor had uh, said he's on his own. I said, so how does that bother me? <laughs> it is democracy in action. 
And I went into my room. I studied not to pray. But to rearrange my clothes, I have four boxes, the past four journeys, that I've not really touched. So I called people in and said, help me to just take what is for dry cleaning. And that was what I was sorting out as I left. And God said, I have a word for you. Are you ready? Oshun election, Lagos, Ogun. Or your primaries have only one verdict in common. I hope you are hearing me well. Because you are used to me, right? <laughs> it is not over until it is over. And I will give you that verdict in a short sentence and you pray. First Kings chapter 20. First Kings chapter 20, beginning from verse 1. Now Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his forces together. Thirty-two kings were with him. How many kings were with him? And they were coming against how many kings? I can't hear you. They are coming against one king. Thirty-two kings were with him with horses and chariots. And he went up and besieged Samaria and made war against it. Then he sent messengers into the city to Ahab, king of Israel, said to him, Thus says Ben-Hadad, you know, who speaks like that? I can't hear you. And who, who speaks like that? When prophets want to report what God is saying, they say, Thus says the Lord. When Jesus came here, because he is the Lord, he didn't have to say, don't say the Lord. He said, verily, verily, I say unto you. So Ben-Hadad saw himself in their frame and said, don't say Ben-Hadad. <laughs> your silver and your gold are mine. Actually, I'm richer than all of you. Your loveliest wives and children are mine. And the king of Israel answered and said, My lord, O king, just as you say, I and all that I have are yours. Then the messengers came back and said, Thou speaks Ben Hadad, saying, Indeed I have sent to you, saying, You shall deliver to me your silver and your gold, your wives and your children. But I will send my servants to you tomorrow about this time. And they shall search your house and the houses of your servants. And it shall be whatever is pleasant in your eyes. They will put it in their hands and take it. So the king of Israel called all the elders of the land. <laughs> and said, notice, please. And see how this man seeks trouble. For he sent to me for my wives. My children, my silver, and my gold. And I did not deny him everything he had asked for. I'd oblige him. I gave to his wife. I gave to him. My security vote is not mine. And all the elders and all the people said to him, Do not listen or consent. Did they have any army 
or standing armies to match 32 kings. Therefore he said to the messengers of Ben-Hadad, Tell my lord the king, all that you sent for to your servant the first time, I will do. But this oath I cannot take. This thing I cannot do. I'm saying more than you're hearing. And the messengers departed and brought back word to him. Then Ben-Hadad sent to him and said, The gods do so to me, and more also, if enough dust is left of Samaria for a handful of those who will vote for you. For a handful for each of the people who follow me. He made a mistake, you know. You know the mistake he made? He's mentioning dust. In his equation. And he's appealing to God. But has forgotten that dust. Is God's appointed food. For the boss of the gods is relying on. And he's not going to waste his own food. I don't think you are getting me. So. The king of Israel responded. So the king of Israel answered and said. (laughs) Tell him. Let not the one who puts on his armor boast like the one who takes it up. That's the verdict for Lagos. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. It's not over till it's over. You are going to find out that God still speaks. And when he speaks, he does what he says. Say to your neighbor, it's not over until it's over. Let him that puts on his armor not boast as the one that takes it off lift up your voices in prayers father in the name of jesus surely the lord god will do nothing except he first reveals his secrets unto his servants the prophets you know father god that i take no side with any politician i'm not supporting one against the other i'm on the side of the lord so that this city, this state, and this nation will be delivered from men who play God and who think they are in charge. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Show forth who is in charge. Demonstrate your power. Glorify your holy name. Go into the midst of the city. Take the engine of the chariots of Pharaoh. Knock the boats off in the midst of the sea. Demonstrate your power one more time, God. Let him that puts on the armor not boast. As the one who takes it off because it's not over. Until it's over. In Jesus' mighty name. Second word quickly. Whatever happens in Lagos at the end of the day is a clear indicator. And watch what will happen. It's a clear indicator of what the presidential election will be like. I understand that in Lagos, the deputy governor has told the governor he's on his own. This is the watchword for the federal election. 
Second Chronicles chapter 20. You know the story very well. I will not bother you with details. The Ammonites, the Moabites, and the people of Mount Seir, that's Esau's descendants, came against Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat saw the multitudes. He was afraid, but he knew who to call upon. He went to God and pleaded his case. These were the same people, God, who you did not allow Israel to afflict. Remember your covenant with your friend Abraham. You gave us this land and we have built a sanctuary in it. And you said, if anything like this disaster that is facing us is coming to us, we come into this house and pray. You will hear from heaven. By the time you finish, the spirit came upon one of the people there and spoke and gave them a strategy for winning. He said, this battle is not yours. Tell your neighbor, this battle is not yours. <laughs> I am not hearing you. Are you weak? Are you tired? This battle is not yours. This battle is the Lord's. Tomorrow, you go and face them. But put your choir in front. And just begin to sing the beauty of his holiness. And leave the rest. And what verdict did we get? Well, let's look at two verses there. As they were singing and praising the beauty of his holiness. Verses 22 and 23 of Second Chronicles 20. This is verdict 2019. Now, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord, who did? I cannot hear you. The Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah and they were defeated. How? For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. You know, the allies that came to battle now look like enemies to them. I'm not sure you got it. They came to battle together. But two of the people said, these are our enemies. And they began to kill them. And when they finished that, and when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. PDP, APC, all the strong men who had held Nigeria bound, time had come. Help yourself. The table is set. Help yourself. That which we are doing, do it quickly. Help one another. Destroy yourselves. I said destroy yourselves. All the mercenaries within APC, all the mercenaries within PDP, PDP members who are working for APC, APC members who are working for PDP, and all of you put together, help yourself, destroy yourself. Nigeria will be saved. Nigeria will be changed. Nigeria will become great in my lifetime. In the mighty name of Jesus. Baba Fagbarareho Baba Fagbarareho Keep 
the last until God speaks and he will only speak peace to his own people Amen Last night we spent quality time examining the man camel challenge the prophet Elijah threw at Ahab and the prophets of Baal and the prophets of the grove one man against 950 people these wicked men and their king by the name of Ahab as well as his wife Jezebel who had bewitched the entirety of Judah had derailed and confused Israel to the point of not knowing who the true God is. And therefore Elijah asked them a critical question. Why are you faltering between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. And if Baal, follow him. But he answered him not a word. Tonight I'll be looking at the subject, what does it mean to falter between two opinions? What exactly does it mean? What does it mean to falter between two opinions? At the Freedom Rally that took place yesterday at the Tafar Balewa Square, courtesy of the House of Freedom, led by Pastor Tony Rappel, I hinted on the reason why God's people sometimes falter between two opinions. I mentioned that people do so 
Because they forget that we live in a fallen world. We live in enemy territory. And sometimes we try to blend just to survive. We forget that for us as Christians, this world is not our home. The day we chose to become the followers of Christ, we rejected the confines, authority, and customs of the earthly kingdom, and we chose instead of that, the favor of the freedom, the power, and the lifestyle of heaven. (laughs) But the trouble is, while we are spiritually renewed, and connected with the kingdom of of God, physically, we are not translated yet from one realm to the other. I'm very aware of the Bible scriptures, the Bible passages you throw at me, and such as Colossians 1, that the Father has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated, transferred, conveyed us to the kingdom of the son of his love. (laughs) Give me Colossians 1. Let me start from verse 12. Colossians 1 verse 12. Given thanks to the father who has qualified us. You know, there are people who do not qualify, but you qualify them. You can lower the standards of the entry point so that some parts of the country can also pass jam. Given thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints, where? <laughs> saints in the light. If all saints are truly in the light, why will Paul be praying? And I pray that you will fill with the spirit of wisdom and knowledge that your eyes of understanding will be enlightened you can be born again and still remain as blind as a bat the inheritance is for sins and the light but many of the people are in utter darkness let me read further he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption yes or no through his blood. Did we pay for it? No. The forgiveness of sin. Did we pay for that? No. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, somebody say by him. him. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and I can't hear you. All things were created through him and <laughs> and he is before all things and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body. Oh, that's the trouble. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell. And by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you 
who were once alienated and enemies in your mind where in your mind by wicked works yet now he has reconciled where in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight if indeed if indeed if indeed you continue in the faith grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard which was preached to every creature under heaven of which I Paul became a minister the passage just read clearly states that Christ is the head and we are the body any controversy do you agree with that? Good. That is loaded. Heads only do well if their bodies stay connected to them. And bodies only succeed when they are connected and obedient to the head. What happens if I take my body and join into a halot? Do I still remain the body of Christ? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 15. You are going to find out what falter between two opinions in split seconds. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. Do you remember that unto whom you yield yourself, you are the servant thereof? If you yield yourself to sin, you are the servant of sin. And if you yield yourself to righteousness, so are you. Let's read further. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you are bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Hello, somebody. So, does it matter what I do with my body? If the body does not respond accurately to the head, what's going to happen? Say, I don't understand. You will understand. It is true that God has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. But there is a lot of us, a lot of work to do for us to walk and operate in that light. Second Peter chapter 1. I'm laying foundations so that we can pray accurately. The problem is, God is doing something. We have no access to what he's doing, and we are doing our own. Do you understand me? On Mount Camel that day, if you are talking of majority, who would have won the day? Ahab and the prophets of Baal and the prophets of the grove. Because only Elijah was standing alone. In fact, he had no deputy. On that mountain that day, no servant. He dug the trenches by himself. 
He only called a few others to help him fetch water. And he got ready, people, you know. <laughs> I don't want to go there. I really don't want to touch that one. Or shall I? The people who are fetching the water didn't know what this man was going to do. Oh yeah, take four pills. Oh yeah, pour. Oh yeah, pour again. Oh yeah, pour again. What in the name of God is Elijah up to? Does this man know that his head is at stake? You always find people who are neutral. But they can't stand neutral for a long time. Because wherever the action is, they switch camp. You will find them in families. You will find them in corporations. You will find them in churches. They do not have the conviction of steel. Because they don't know what God is doing. And they would rather go with what is popular. Second Peter chapter 1, 1 to 11. Listen to it yourself. Simon Peter, a bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ to those who have obtained what? Like precious faith. Did you see in Colossians that if we continue in faith, be steadfast, be grounded. That's when those things can happen. But here, Peter, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has done what? As his divine power has given to us how many things? All things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. So your knowledge of him determines how much of that power you can enjoy. Uh-uh. Okay, let's read. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which you have been given to us, what? Exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these exceedingly great and precious promises, you and I may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through... But also for this very reason... <laughs> given all diligence add to your faith I thought faith is everything add to your faith virtue to virtue knowledge to knowledge self control to self control perseverance to perseverance godliness to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness the principal love, the greatest of them all. For if these things are yours and abound, you'll be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And how about who does not know? For he who lacks this thing is still in the church. Is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call an election sure. For if you do these things, you will never, never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord 
and Savior, Jesus Christ. So my brothers and sisters, being qualified to be partakers of the saints in the light and being delivered from the power of darkness and transferred or translated into the kingdom of the Son of His love is contingent upon one's continuity in the faith, upon one's diligence to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Because it does not matter how low you are or how high you get, you have choices to make. And whenever chances present themselves, choices will have to be made. And what follows called consequences. Remember the message? Chances, choices, consequences. Say that with me. I can hear you. If you want a clear example of this, of how people easily falter between two opinions, you don't have to go too far. The congregation in the wilderness is a clear example. They were physically delivered from Egypt, <laughs> but Egypt was not delivered from them. They came out of Egypt, but Egypt remained solidly in them. The cravings of Egypt got hold of them in the wilderness until they were wasted. Numbers chapter 11, verse 1 to 6. Numbers 11, they left Egypt, a house of bondage, a place where they were enslaved. They left it with joy. They left with great wealth. The mighty hand of God saw them through. None of them was feeble. Well, Numbers 11, 1 to 6. Now when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, for the Lord heard it. And his anger was aroused, so the fire of the Lord burned among them, and consumed some in the outskirts of the camp. Then the people cried out to Moses, and when Moses prayed to the Lord, the fire was quenched. So he called the name of the place, Tabera, because the fire of the Lord had burned among them. Now the mixed multitude who were among them, hello, the mixed multitude, those who saw the demonstration of God's power in Egypt, we don't know whether they were Egyptians or they were from other nationals, but they were mixed multitude, okay, yielded to intense craving. So the children of Israel also, I can't hear you. When those people yielded to intense craving, when your neighbor who has no job and whose means of livelihood cannot be explained or ascertained is buying cars and building houses and he says he will show you the way, he doesn't worship your God, he doesn't, he's not born again, he's not spirit filled, but he's making it big time and your children are tempted to go play in his house because he has amenities that you don't have. And he says, I will, Look, all this church you are going, you are wasting your time. And you begin to weep. You are not weeping because God has let you down. You are weeping because you want what he has. So the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? We remember. Where is the problem now? They, they stored up the smell. We remember 
the fish which we ate freely. These sons of slaves who were oppressed were found freely in Egypt. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, the garlic. But now our whole being is dried up. There's nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. Give me verse 10. Verse 10. That Moses had the people weeping throughout their families. <laughs> the thing became contagious. Everyone at the door of his dead. And the anger of the Lord was greatly aroused. Moses also was displeased. <laughs> so Moses said to the Lord, Why have you afflicted your servant? And why have I not found favor in your sight that you have laid the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I beget them that you should say to me, Carry them in your bosom? As a guardian carries a nursing child to the land which is what to their fathers? Where am I to get me to give to all these people? For they weep all over me, saying, Give us meat, give us meat, give us meat, give us meat that we may eat. I'm not able to bear all these people alone because the burden is too heavy for me. If you treat me like this, please kill me here and now. (laughs) If I find favor in your sight and do not let me see. My wretchedness. First Corinthians chapter 10. Why do we falter between two opinions? First Corinthians chapter 10. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud. All passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food. All drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lost after evil things as they also lost it. And do not become idolaters as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Now let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did, and in one day 23,000 fell. Now let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Now complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now all these things happened to them as examples and they were written for admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Verse 12. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take it lest fall. And if you are looking for New Testament example, apart from Judas Iscariot, whose bishopric was later given to Matthias, you also have a clear example in Demers, whose name means popular, and who forsook Paul because he loved this fallen world. Second Timothy chapter four, 
I'm leading you somewhere today. Second Timothy chapter 4 verses 9 and 10. Second Timothy 4, 9 and 10. Be diligent to come to me quickly. For demons has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Why did demons forsake Paul? Because he loved this present world. How did he get involved, immersed in this present world? Read from the beginning because of false teachers in the church. Second Timothy. Chapter 4, 1 to 5. Those teachers who confuse grace with lasciviousness. There are plenty now that you don't even have to repent for sin. Because if you ever repent for your sin, you'll be, you'll be reproaching the sacrifice of Jesus. Your sin present, your sin past, your sin future had all been forgiven. You can live the way you like. Any day you get up to repent of sin, you disgrace the sacrifice of Jesus. That's the current teaching that is going on in the church. Very soon I'll mention the names of those who preach it. So that you know how to run for your life or you end up like Demers. Who followed Paul, diligently studied him. Every time, some of the time that Paul would write, he said, I brought a Demers. And this one, they were in good company. He said, Demers had forsaken me. Haven't loved this. How did he come in contact with this, with this, the file, the file men that took over his life? Second Timothy 4, 1 to 5. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season. And out of season. In season when they are willing to hear. Out of season when they are no longer in tune. Convince, rebuke, exhort. With all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires. Because they have itching ears. They will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth. And be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Second Peter chapter 2. Verse 1 to 3. How do we get to the place where we falter between two opinions? When we begin to justify what we once upon a time condemned. Second Peter chapter 2. 1 to 3. But there were also false prophets among the people. Even as there will be false teachers among you. Who will secretly bring in destructive heresies. Even deny the Lord who bought them. And bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways. Because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed by covetousness what is the driving force of their life by covetousness they will exploit you with deceptive words for a long time their judgment has not been idle and their destruction does not slumber verse 18 verse 18 
For when they speak gracefully words of emptiness, they allure through the loss of the flesh, through lewdness. The ones who have actually escaped, who are they alluring? The ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also is brought into bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world, through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them and be swearing to falsehoods. <laughs> but it has happened to them according to the true proverb. A dog returns to his own vomit and the soul having washed to a wallowing in the mire. I've gone to this extent to show you that people falter between two opinions because we live in a fallen world and if care is not taken, we can become contaminated by our environment. This is where the problem lies. Many in the church do not understand who we are and what we are here for. They don't understand it. That's why they can be blown by every wind of doctrine easily. They don't know who we are and what we are here for. Pastor Simeon Afolabi, while preaching here some Sundays ago, he said, once you, are, you know your true identity, there are some things you cannot do. Because of your position, because of your class, because of where God has brought you, there are some things you cannot do. And he gave some examples. I've repeated it. He said, can you imagine him? So let me position myself. Can you imagine me? We're on the way home and we get to the turn around Aquilo and I ask the driver to park. I want to wee. And I stand by and you see me there. That looks terrible, right? I'll give you another example. This happened to me. Once upon a time, we had no pool in our home. So I would go to the Oladapos and swim. You remember? I would enjoy my swimming there. I would just swim all, because I love swimming. It's the only exercise I know how to do. So after service one Sunday, I won't mention the name of the girl, was living in a story building. He said, Pastor, I really love the way you swam yesterday. You were just, I said, where were you? He said, my house is night to day as I was looking at you through the window. Did you, that was the last time you saw me. <laughs> because I can't swim with my suit. <laughs> and this girl is I really love the way you swim. I said, okay, thank you. That's why today my swimming pool is closed door deliberately so I can swim the way I like and you don't have to come there. It's not wrong to have your pool outdoor. But when people begin to, <laughs> guy, <laughs> there are some things you run away from. I told you, people are walking up and down and going everywhere in the cruise ship. 
I told you I didn't. <laughs> they had a place they call marketplace. In that marketplace, you see them in all kinds of bikini. This everything as I mean. I will stay in my room and mind my business. If you don't go where you should not go, you will not see what you should not see. You will not hear what you should not hear. You will not say what you should not say. And you will not do what you should not do. Stay in your house. You see, it's a chapter in that book coming. She conditioned me the way I am today. I don't miss outside. Yes. But it happened to them according to true proverb. A dog returned to his own vomit and a soul having worse to a wallowing in the mire. They once escaped. But they began to falter between two opinions because they began to Join the club. When your best friends are those who have no value system, they don't value marriage, they don't value family, they don't value raising their children. If those are your friends, you will soon join them. It's a question of time. You will soon join them. You become part of them. Very soon. It's called guilt by association. If you lie down with dogs, you are going to get up with fleas. That's how you easily falter between two opinions. Economic hardship, which may be a test from God and become a temptation from Satan. And you just sleep around just to make it big time. I will attend tonight to answer because I want to close at 8. I know you didn't appreciate that I did it yesterday. And you are waiting for me and saying, just don't mind, Pastor. That's how I will say it. This one, I will disappoint you. (laughs) If it is one minute to it, I will step down. Okay. I will attempt tonight to answer the question, who are we? And by God's grace tomorrow night, I will spell out what we are here for. So let's start with the first question. Who are we? Number one. First and foremost, the church is not a physical building, no matter how magnificent and gorgeous. I don't care how much billions invested in any building. The building, the physical building, is not the church. The church is a collection of all those who fear God, hear God, and obey God's voice. They fear God, they hear God, and they obey God's voice. It's a compilation, an integration of all those who know how to pray. And use prayer to hear from heaven and then look for ways to make what they hear a reality on the earth. When I gave the theme and everything, the, 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 the program we're having this week, I gave it to Pastor Ike. I said, Nation Builders Summit slash Solemn Assembly. My son Shegun was sending 
the message last night by video, by audio, by, and he said, Nation Builders Prayer Summit. I said, my God, I'll prefer this summary. This is neater. It's better. Solemn assembly is prayer. If the prayer is back with fasting, Nation Builders Prayer Summit. So that's smarter than my long trenchy. So I quickly adopted it. I learned from everybody. Do you understand me? The church is a collection, an integration of those who fear God, who hear God, who obey God. Is that clear? Is it clear to you? Because they hear God, they know how to use prayer to hear God and by the same process to bring into physical manifestation and reality those things they've heard from God. So if you don't fear God, if you don't hear God, if you don't obey God, even if you have founding, founding over here, not serving. If you have founder, prelate, preeminent, if you are senior deacon of the senior demon in the deacon's board, you are not part of the church. Anyone in the church, they must fear God. They must hear God. They must obey God. They must understand how to use prayer to hear God and then to bring into manifestation the things they have heard. That's church. Who are we? Number two. The church is a consulate of heaven on a foreign soil. The church is a consulate of heaven on a foreign soil. It is an education center, a garden place for the most creative and caring minds in community. The church is a consulate of heaven on a foreign soil. It's an education center, a garden place for the most creative and caring minds in community to meet and brainstorm solutions and celebrate successes. Now when they meet, they brainstorm solutions to people's problems and they also celebrate successes. We are solution providers. Society cannot be going down the drain and we don't know what to do. That's not church. We are solution providers. When we meet a critical session like this, we brainstorm. We provide solutions. And when the solutions meet people's needs, we celebrate the successes too. Ask your neighbor, do you use your brain at all? Just ask your neighbor. I didn't say you should abuse your neighbor. Do you use your brain at all? Number three. The church is where people come to meet people representing heaven. Those who come to meet them might not be part of them yet. But when they meet them, they know that heaven is there. The church is where people come to meet people representing heaven. 
ambassadors and aid workers to negotiate how to get their needs met physically, socially, emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually. Do you understand? That is when people come into the midst of us and they see how orderly we are and our lifestyle that is carefree, worry-free, and anxiety-free. And when things happen to you that ought to have broken you down, that you have lost your mind, that you have peace, that does not make sense, that passes all understanding, they say there must be something we don't know about you. That's why ten men will hold the skirt of him who is a Jew and say, take us to your God. Do you understand? If we suffer the same attack, the same distress, the same what you call what kills them in America now, stress. If we are just like the world, what would they benefit from us? Nothing. We are aid workers. We are ambassadors of Christ. And people who meet us will come to negotiate how to get their needs met. And rather than giving them fish by creating welfare department alone, we teach them how to fish. Jeremiah said, you feed them with knowledge and understanding so that they will not be dismayed, they will not be afraid, and they will not lack any good thing. Number four. Who are we? The church is a microcosm of the kingdom of God on earth. That church is a microcosm of the kingdom of God on earth. When people walk into a local church, they should get a feel for what it will be like to step into the kingdom of heaven. They should have a foretaste of heaven when they step into the church. Because of this, the church only finds its expression when its context is a kingdom of God. The church only finds its expression when its content is a kingdom of God. If we are living in anything else, we are walking in frustration and defeat. You know, Have you met people who say, well, I've prayed, I'm tired, it's not working. Have you met people like that? No, talk to me. I've prayed, it's not working. Then I went to that place. And when they sprinkled that blood on me, my eyes just opened up. And when they washed my feet, I stepped into victory in the month of March. I began to march in victory. Do, do, do you understand me? So what happens? Everything you have lived for, you have believed for, you drop and you take the counterfeit and run with it because it's working. And you know, their posture is you cannot argue with results. Please go get the tape because I stood here and showed you five or six ways that you can argue with results. That when Moses was commanded, to speak to the rock a second time, he struck the rock. What has he came out? But he got himself disqualified. Do you understand? 
These four attributes of the church, if you don't find it in Lateran, then is a collection of people making no impact, going nowhere, just wasting their time and their energy in religious routine and rituals. Any church you don't find these things does not represent Christ. It's not the church is building. It doesn't matter how many months they fast for in a year. If these things are not there, then it's not church. Brothers and sisters, we are no longer natives of the earth. We are strangers and pilgrims. But more than that, we have changed our allegiance from being a loyalist to the perverse system of the world. We are now part of God's freedom fighters. First Peter 2.11 We are strangers. We are sojourners. We are pilgrims. But love, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly laws which war against the soul. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they observe glorify God in the day of visitation. Therefore submit yourself to every ordinance of man. Hello somebody. Submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme, or to governors as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bond servants of God. Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God and honor the king. Why do we falter between two opinions? There are people set in authority and we are to submit to that authority. But while submitting to that authority, we must fear God. So here comes the test. Bow down and worship my gold. I throw you into fire. I submit myself to your verdict. But I fear God. I can bow to your gold. You don't get it. They did not run away. They did not try to file any petition. Say, king, what do you say is the punishment of those who will not bow? You will bind them and throw them. We are not careful to answer you. Do it quickly. Because we fear God. Believe me, honestly, tell me the truth. If you are the person that day, no, so that God can help you. Be the king just commanded, increase the temple of the heat. Heat it seven times over. If you have put just one gallon of petrol, put seven. And you could see the smoke and the heat. And who has ever entered fire and came out before? And they say, if you bow, I change my mind. If you don't, ah, ah. He say, he who fights and runs away, lives to fight another day. Uh, Meshach, 
Ole ma lonjeo. Shadrach, ni lulu aram ilode. We relocate. Ani ejakpe we relocate yawo. Oko she oko yawo tieni abong ni yawo. Ani ejakpe we relocate yawo koja karaye koja. That's how compromises get into our life. And you know, you know uh, what we are trying to say is be careful. They will fire you at this place, oh. They will fire you, and once they fire you, it's just in town. If Borolo, be careful. That's how it enters. But when they said, if anyone shall pray in the name of God, he shall be thrown into the lion's den. It was that time David Daniel opened his window to the east to make contact with Jerusalem to begin to pray as his manner was three times daily, and he was not whispering. Uncompromising nonconformists. If you don't have the knowledge of God, you can't fear Him. If you don't know what your God is able to do, you submit to what other gods do. They submitted to the authority of the king, but it was the king who prostrated for Daniel at the end of the day. You know, you. Your magicians couldn't help you. They couldn't interpret your dreams. I brought it to you. And now you want to throw me into the lions. Was the king able to sleep? He drove musicians. I don't want to. The fallen Daniel. Servant of the most high God. Your God whom you serve day and night. Has he been able to deliver you? From the lions. <sighs> you are the alarm clock. This money that God used. I've been sleeping on lion foam all night. Oh, King, live forever. He sent his angel ahead of me. He shot them out of the lions. And they brought him out of the lions. Then there was no scratch. They threw them into fire. There was no smell of smoke. Do you hear God? Do you fear God? If you don't, you are not part of the church. You are just part of a useless congregation, milling around, providing all solutions to all the dilemmas and problems. This is who we are. Stand to your feet. Let's begin to pray. Do you hear God? Do you fear God? (laughs) Do you obey him? Can you stand on the side of the Lord regardless of circumstances and situation? Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you tonight. We bless your holy name. We glorify you. Because there are those who blend like a million with every color that they see. There are those who stand out like a sotom, willing to pay the price to distinguish themselves from the park. Deliver us from the perversity of this generation, Father. Help us to stand shoulder high above the perversity of our generation. Make us distinguish us from the crowd open our ears to hear you open our understanding and grant us grace to obey you let the fear of the Lord fill our heart let the fear of the Lord permeate our life let the fear of man has no hold over our lives because fear has torment 
Thank you, Father. I want you to pray for yourself today because you can develop the same conviction of steel like Daniel, like Shadrach, like Meshach, like Abednego. You can develop the same character. An excellent spirit can come upon you I will distinguish you from the pack. This is who the true church is. Not just people we are there wearing their Sunday best and jumping around without any conviction. Blend with the world. Oh, I'm not hearing you pray. Tell God to open your eyes to see, your ears to hear, your heart to understand. Understand who you are. The sudden things you just not do again because of who you are. I bless your holy name tonight. Thank you for helping us to grow up. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Submitting to authority is not the same thing as working with a corrupt government that preys upon its citizens. It's not the same thing. If you Work with a government that is perverse and that preys upon its citizens who does not care about the life of the citizenry, then you will not be a noble vine. You become the vine of Sodom. Do you understand me? You will not stand out. You will not be able to bring corrective surgery. You will not be able to speak truth to power. You will just blend. And you know, you will fly on the Air Force One. Oh, I'm telling you. Oh, no, no, no. You, you really, you really not have, you have not been inside though. If you see the way they serve the president and the kind of, the way they set the table before him and the cutlery and everything and where he sits in that Air Force One, the Nigerian, oh boy. You will die in office, oh. <laughs> and when they said the same food before you to eat, and now are awful, you begin to say, you know, we have been having presidents in Nigeria. Yours is different. There's no one like you. You'll not be able to tell truth. I place a call this afternoon to Abuja. I said before I blow the roof on Sunday, I'd like to see the president to submit to him in writing the things that need to be done now or I cannot change my mind anymore. Do you understand this? I'm saying it in the open. I fear no one. I have an assignment to fix this nation. And anyone standing in the way will be removed by God Almighty himself. Do you get my point? This is not negotiating from the position of weakness. I sent you their response. They fixed it and said, we'll meet you at home. For the first time, I will document. You say, I'm putting it in your hand to see. 
It's a simple letter. Because by Sunday, I will blow the lead. This is not season for a help of our boys. If they put their leg in useless places, God will cut it off. If they, because of truth, they want to punish you, it will show up in another direction. God is not limited by circumstances and situations that you face. He's bigger than all your problems put together. Can I continue? I still have some 10 minutes. Let me, let me take you to the beginning of the beginnings. When God created the nations and gave inheritance to every nation under heavens. And let me show you what Israel did with theirs. That led them into captivity and into the kind of problem Nigeria is facing. Deuteronomy chapter 32. I will key into that tomorrow. Deuteronomy 32, verse number 7. Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask your father, and he will show you, your elders, and they will tell you, when the Most High divided their inheritance to the nations, when he separated the sons of Adam, he said the boundaries of the peoples, according to the number of the children of Israel. That simply means he does not want Israel overwhelmed. So he gave inheritance to other nations, and gave them, and gave them, and looked for a dry patched land, and gave to his people. Look, if you are the God of Israel, won't you give them all the oil in Saudi Arabia? Huh? All the oil in United Arab Emirates? God did not give them any of those things, but he gave them. So that those with oil will run to them. Have you seen, have you seen the video of the Prime Minister of Israel saying that what Israel had become today? You watched it. And on top of it, Israel just discovered the largest deposit of gas that they have not even started mining at all. Without oil, their GDP is greater than that of all the Arab nations all around them. They've tried to call them to do, they couldn't do anything. They said, Israel, you'll not be overwhelmed because you are my prototype. Mm. Mm. Let's read further. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the place of his inheritance. He found him in a desert and in a wasteland, a howling wilderness. He encircled him. See the way he encircled him. So you cannot break to go here. You cannot break to go there. He imprisons you. He locks you in. That's why you can't fit in. That's why you don't belong. That's why you are different. That's why they don't like you. You don't smell like them. You don't talk like them. But guess what? They are envious of you. You just don't know. They are very envious of you. They know that, look, God's hand is upon this man. Let's, let's, we don't like him. Yes, we don't. Why is that your headache? Let's read further. He found him in the desert and, okay, he instructed him. Do you understand me? If you look at the book of Deuteronomy, the handover note, it was an instruction manual. How to do agriculture, how to do, how to settle families, how to, 
It was, it was manual for national transformation. For 40 years, he gave them a system of law that the nations of the earth are still copying today. Every law is traceable to those commandments. Why did he instruct them first? Because he wants them to have the model. I mean the mold. Because once you have the mold, you can produce. Are you with me? And let's read. He kept him as the apple of his eye. As an eagle starts up his nest, hovers over its young, spreading out his wings, taking them up, carrying them on its wings. So the Lord alone led him, and there was no foreign God with him. Do you understand this? You do not want, you do not want eagles training. Because the mother eagle will build a very beautiful nest, strong, that wind and storm cannot blow away in the cleft of the rock and the crag of rocks. And it will be bringing fresh meat into that nest for them to eat. And all of a sudden, mother eagle will come one day, use his beak to destroy the net, completely to destroy it, so that there's no hiding place. And then he will put them on his shoulders and fly, and then shake off. So use your wing. The God arranges your tests. You understand me? He's testing you. I remember when someone rose against me after 2011 or during 2011. He said, I want you to see what you do with power. I am behind it. What do you do? He said, allow it to happen to see what you do with raw power when you can call the shots. Will you stab? Will you kill? Will you maim? I was just checking. Before I can trust you with more. It wasn't a very interesting test. And when the guy came back pleading with me and said, take me back. I sinned against you and said, ha, I want to know my offense. Tell me, this is what you did wrong. He said, she is shuni. I said, can she say Aha. Mother ego. Tear the net, the nest and push you out. Let's read. No foreign God. He made him ride where? In the heights of the earth that he might eat the produce of the fields. <laughs> I don't want to waste my time on that one. Because, because a nation that has crude oil can, can only find it is a lazy nation. He has a lazy president. He has lazy ministers. He has lazy people around them. Can you imagine how much, we don't even know how much crude we have. Unintelligent people preside over the affairs of our nation. Since Oloibiri, we have not been able to refine our oil. And every refinery we have built, we broke down. We ship them cheap abroad, they send them back, and we are paying billions every month for subsidy. A lazy man hunts but cannot roast. He made him ride in the heights of the earth that he might eat the produce of the fields. He made him draw honey from the rock, oil from the flinty rock. When God says there's a land flowing with milk and honey, there's no river honey, there's no river milk. They knew that they would get their milk from their cows. They would get their honey from robbing the beehives. They will have to be technologically driven. They must know, they must be entrepreneurial. They must know how to do things. Curds from the cattle, milk of the flock with fat of lambs, and rams of the breed of Bashan and goats, with the choicest wheat, and you drank wine, the blood of the graves. But Jeshurun grew fat and kicked. 
Nigeria became so wealthy that their president said, Nigeria's problem is not money, but how to spend it. And all of a sudden, on every corner and every angle, you begin to see imported uh, cambia, frozen chicken. Everything was imported. Everything, including toothpick. Did you hear how much draw from our foreign reserve in just one day? In just one month? Did you hear? It, boom! How did he drop? But Joshua grew fat and cake, you grew fat, you grew thick, you obeyed. Then he forsook God who made him and scornfully esteemed the rock of his salvation. They provoked him to jealousy with foreign gods. With abominations, they provoked him to anger. Okay, it's called First Acts 77. The sacrifice to demons, not to God, shall go or call eyes in front of your neighbor house. The gods they did not know, to new gods, new arrivals that your fathers did not fear. Of the rock who begot you, you are mindful and have forgotten the God who fathered you. And when the Lord saw it, he spawned them because of the provocation of his sons and of his daughters. And he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end will be. For they are a perverse generation, children in whom is no faith. They have provoked me to jealousy by what is not God. They have moved me to anger by their foolish idols. But I will provoke them to jealousy by those who are not a nation. I will move them to anger by a foolish nation. For a fire is kindled in my anger and shall burn to the lowest hell. It shall consume the earth with an increase and set on fire the foundations of the mountains. I will heap disasters on them. I will spend, spend my arrows on them. They shall be wasted with hunger, devoured by pestilence, bitter destruction. I will also send against them the thief of beasts with the poison of serpents of the dust. Can't you read Boko Haram in all this? You can't read it? The sword shall destroy outside, there shall be terror within. For the young man and virgin, the nursing child with the man of gray hairs. I will have said, I will dash them in pieces. I will make the memory of them to cease from among men. And I not fear the wrath of the enemy. Lest the adversaries should misunderstand. Lest they should say, our hand is high. And it is not the Lord who has done all this. For they are a nation void of counsel. Nor is there any understanding in them. Oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, that they could consider their latter end. How could one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight? Unless their rock has sold them and the Lord had surrendered them. For their rock is not our rock, even our enemies themselves being judges. Listen to this. For their vine is a vine of Sodom and of the fields of Gomorrah. Their grapes are grapes of God. Their clusters are bitter. One more line. Their wine is a poison of serpents and the cruel venom of cobras. Listen, I will came here tomorrow and show you something where we are. The moment you start compromising and yield to the cravings of, of, a, of, a, of a government that uses the instrument of office to oppress the people, to change the will and the mind of the people, to interfere with, with, with their voting pattern and everything. The moment you come with them, you are declaring you are against God. Because God created this multitude of people, this 180 million. He does not want them in this bondage. Their leaders have sold them out, sold themselves out to demons. But we stand here tonight to repent. On behalf of Nigeria, we repent. On behalf of leadership, we repent. 
we come to you that nobody can fix our nation but you we come to you our father have mercy upon us as a people lord you planted us a choice vine and by choice we have become the vine of Sodom. Deliver us, O oh Lord. Here's a land of plenty. A land that you mightily bless. But we yield that to the cravings of the world. We forgot what our role should be as the church of the living God. Pastors are so happy. For their photographs to be taken with the pastor, with the president. They are so happy that they are invited. What do they say when they get there? We repent on their behalf, Father. Have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon this nation. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. You gave inheritance to us. We squandered it. You gave inheritance to us. We wasted it. But, oh Lord, to you be all the glory and all the praise. Because you are a God of mercy. And you will show us mercy. In Jesus' mighty name. so much for listening we have to end it here today but it's been a real joy to come into your homes to unveil the truth of God's word I pray that the word of God you have received will sink deeply into your hearts and bring forth tangible fruit in Jesus name Amen in addition I pray that the truth you've embraced will not only set you free but it will empower you to impact your environment positively as God's representative in your sphere of influence. Till we meet again on this platform, remain sandwiched between the peace of God and the God of peace. God bless you richly. Bye, Bye for, for now. now.